0: new Comics Day, Wednesday, June 27th, 2018, and you're listening to God in Comics, the show that reminds you that he who marries the spirit of this age will have to answer to Will Eisner in the next. (laughs) On today's show, we discuss marriage and family in comics. We'll talk about famous characters who have tied the knot, and how the industry handles what happens after I do plus we'll have our recommendation this or that and a whole lot more. I'm your host Deacon Jonathan Michikin. I am chaplain at St. John the 23rd College Preparatory in Katy, Texas. On the line with me today is Father Kyle Tomlin. Father Kyle, where are you?
1: I'm rector of Church of the Messiah Episcopal Church in Fredericksburg,
0: Virginia. And also on the line is Father Matt Stromberg. Father Matt, where are you?
2: I'm the rector of St. Saint- George's Episcopal Church in Schenectady, New York, the the birthplace of Doctor Octopus.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, well that's I never heard it put that way before, but uh, you know that sounds we'll good. Get up. I, get I up. will, I will. So this uh, gentleman is, is our our last show of the season, uh, last show of season four of God and Comics. But fear not, uh, faithful listeners, because we will be back with uh, lots of new good content starting in the fall for Season 5. And uh, just to to let everybody know out there, something really wonderful that that we've been uh, invited to be a part of uh, is an event called Doxicon. Now, if you're not familiar with Doxicon, definitely go over to doxicon.org. D-O-X-A-C-O-N.org, and you can find out more about it. We'll definitely put a link to it on the show page. But this is a great event that basically it's a a convention of sorts that brings together uh, a lot of traditional-minded Christians, a lot of Orthodox Christians, uh, Roman Catholics and, and Anglicans and so forth, to talk about the intersection of faith and geek. Culture, and so there's a lot of uh, stuff about you know fantasy, about science fiction, about uh, novels and writing, about film, about all kinds of things. And we've been invited to come and, and do a, a, a panel at, at this year's Doxicon Prime, which is the Doxicon that takes place in Washington, D.C., on November 2nd and 3rd of this year. It's going to be at St. Sophia Orthodox Cathedral in Washington. You can already go ahead and get your tickets. Uh, a lot of other great folks are going to be there. I know, you know, Alexi Sargent and and uh, and Leah Labresco Sargent are, are are planning to be there, frequent guests on our show, and there'll be a lot of other people being announced in the days ahead. So we hope that we'll get to see some of you there, and uh, maybe, just maybe, do a little live recording. What do you guys think? I think that'd be
1: very. Yeah, we have so. not all been in the same room in
0: many moons this this is we I don't know that we've ever all three been in the same room I've been That's in rooms ever. with one of you that. and the other of you but not with both of you at the same time yeah. um, so I had to they asked actually for a picture of the three of us uh, and what I had to end up sending them was that picture of uh, Father Matt and I standing next to a computer monitor with Father Kyle's <laughs> face on it <laughs> So that's, you know, that is now our official, uh, yeah, that that. our official, <laughs> that's how I became the living brain. That's, that's correct. Yes. Uh, but at any rate, we're going to dive right into our program today with no further ado. Father Matt, tell us what you have to recommend for us today. I'd like to recommend a, a great
2: book that is, um, it's a miniseries, a 12-part miniseries called Mr. Miracle. Uh, by Tom King, uh, who's the author, and Mitch uh, Gerards, who is the illustrator. And um, earlier in in, in the season, I recommended uh, Tom King's run on on The Vision. And uh, I'm going to have to take back something I said, uh, because uh, The Vision is, is a fantastic book, but I said it's probably my favorite thing that Tom King has written. And I think, I think Mr. Miracle might have overtaken the vision in awesomeness. Uh, I think I like it even more. And it just keeps getting better. Mr. Miracle is a character created by Jack Kirby. He's part of the uh, Fourth World, the New Gods universe that um, Kirby created for DC Comics. And uh, he's got an interesting backstory. He's, he's, he is an escape artist. Which is a unique profession, um, but his secret identity is, of course, uh, his name is Scott Free, aha, uh-huh. and uh, and so he is uh, he is the son of Highfather, who is the sort of uh, you know uh, patriarch of the New Gods, um, but in in kind of a truce uh, between. New Genesis and its, counter, and its uh, sister planet Apocalypse. He was switched at birth and the this, this son of Highfather became the son of the dark side. Was raised in hell basically um, on Apocalypse. And Tom King's take on the character uh, is well it starts off pretty dark. It, it, it starts off with an attempted suicide. So right off the that i i thought oh man this book's really gonna be a bummer um, but there's a lot more to it uh, than than that um scott free of although he's an escape artist the one thing that he can't escape is his own uh his own depression and his his, his own uh regrets about the past and, and his tortured memories um and um, he, he may or may not also be infected with the anti-life equation. Um, his 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 view of reality is is, is distorted. He's um, he's uh, and and the artwork reflects that. It almost goes in and out of, of focus, like um, a TV that you have rabbit ears for. Um, and, and and without giving too much away. He, he's going through a lot in this series, personally. The artwork in the book is very kind of naturalistic, um, very, very realistic for a superhero book, and it, it kind of it kind of contrasts with this spectacular kind of new god story um, with its colorful cast of characters and this very grounded human story. In fact, uh, Tom King makes. Uh, Scott Freight, probably one of the most relatable superheroes I've ever, I've ever read. Um, the book focuses a lot on, on uh, Scott Freight and his marriage to Big Barda. Big Barda, who grew up um, on Apocalypse with him. Um, and, and they, they, they uh, reflect on their upbringing together uh, quite a bit throughout the book. They were raised by Granny Goodness, who's pretty much the most awful mother figure you would ever want to have. She's like this sadistic monster, um, and so they've got a lot of baggage that they share. Um, but uh, the the marriage is, is probably it's probably the most realistic marriage I have uh, seen depicted in, in a superhero comic book uh, ever. Um, they they. Um, there's a sweetness to it. Um, it, it, um, Scott is, it's, you know, clearly in love with big Barda. He tells her how beautiful she is and she kind of demures. Oh, I'm too tall. Um, I think it's interesting too, that, that the characters are based on, on Jack Kirby and his wife, Roz. Uh, he sort of uh, used his, his relationship as, as a basis when he created the characters. Um, But they they have this sort of very mundane married life together. I mean, you know, the new gods are assembling in their apartment. And, uh, you know, Big Barda goes out and gets, like, a vegetable tray. And, like, they're, like, all trying to sit on their couch, like, shoulder to shoulder. Um, You have there's this brilliant scene in one of the books where for most of the episode they are... um, having a discussion about remodeling their apartment while doing battle, you know, on Apocalypse, and it's like, well, you know, you know, they're, they're discussing, well, what if we did this, and and, um, and as the series goes on, um, a mild spoiler, they also become parents, and um, it, it's one of the most realistic depictions of parenthood I've seen in comics, and they have this very egalitarian marriage, so um, they're at war with Apocalypse during this time, so on, on, on his days off, Scott is, you know, taking care of the baby and, you know, warming bottles and hanging out with the funky Flashman. And then he's at war on Apocalypse, and it's a big part of turn with the baby. And they're switching off and on. I mean, even, even the episode where they're in labor, it's just I'm so human and beautiful. It's just, it's a phenomenal book. It's not over yet, so I, I can't say definitively, like, how how is it going to end? Is it going to be satisfying at the ending? But something tells me it really will be. Um, go out. If you're not reading Mr. Miracle, you're totally missing out. You need to buy this book. So you can get caught up. Uh, Mr. Miracle by Tom King.
0: Alright, well thank you for that recommendation, Father Matt. And now... To deliver a word from our sponsor, please welcome to the show our very special guest, Yogi Bear. Hey,
1: Boo Boo, have I got a picnic basket for you. Oh, and look what these people left in their picnic basket, a copy of the Living Church. Why, what a great thing to find. This will tell me all the news, not only about what's happening here in Jellystone Park, but also what's happening in the Anglican Communion and the wider church. It's Evangelical and Catholic. And look here. For just $55, I can get you 22 issues shipped right to my door. Or just $35 for an online subscription. That's so cheap, I may not need to take copies from campsites anymore. Plus, there's the free Covenant blog with daily content on life, theology, and popular culture. The more I read, the more I become smarter than the average bear. So boo boo, before Mister Park Ranger comes to show us away, make sure to go to thelivingchurch.org to
0: find out more. All right, thank you, uh, thank you, Yogi. It's really wonderful for you to have, have come by. I certainly hope that uh, all of our friends at Hanna Barbera will eventually come by and you know plug the Living Church for us. That's really wonderful. So thank you. now, if we haven't completely scared him away, uh, we want to welcome to the program for our our main conversation today, uh, Father Nico Bakris. Father Nico is the pastor of Resurrection Greek Orthodox Church in Castro Valley, California. He's also the writer of the popular Christ Coffee and Comics blog, uh, co-host of the Creative Blessings podcast. He has a new project involving Superman that I hope he'll tell us more about here in a moment. Father Nico, welcome back to God and Comics.
3: Thank you, Fathers. Nice to be back.
0: Um, tell us about the Superman thing that you're that you're doing now. Well, first off, thanks for having me back and congratulations on another season. It sounds
3: like your project is going very well too. Yeah, so I've been writing this blog for three years now, a little over three years, and in that time. Uh, it's been a wonderful outlet for me. It's been a wonderful tool for my ministry here in the parish with young people, young adults, and even parents of kids who happen to be reading it. Um, it's been going great. Um, last year, I was uh, my blog was discovered by a guy who I ended up doing an interview with. I'm going to do a little shout out for, to Chris Katsakis, who's been um, an awesome friend these, this last year. and uh, a very devout Christian himself. He and his wife are very involved, if I'm not mistaken, at the Church of St. Thomas, somewhere in New Jersey, but Chris can correct me on our next episode of our podcast. Um, so we've been doing that for a year, and even despite the fact that I've been doing all that, it still wasn't enough to um, uh, scratch the itch that uh, a lot of us comic book geeks have. Um, I needed to do an exclusively, exclusively comic book blog, which I ended up uh, making into a... Um, a Superman page which I've been doing that for a couple of months and it's been a lot of fun and I actually have a couple of interviews lined up with for that as well. Um, the next guest on our podcast
2: uh, is going to be Brian Glass who I believe has been a guest on your podcast Yes. and I'm hoping he can answer a couple of questions in addition
3: to telling us about his life and his journey to uh, Orthodox Christianity, his journey through many um, different denominations he also wrote uh, one Superman story a couple of years ago, and I wanted to ask him about that because I thought it was very well. cool little tidbits to tease there, but um, thanks for uh, giving me another um, episode to play with and uh, some more time on your show. Tell,
0: tell us where we can where people can find your Superman project.
3: It is uh, it can be found at nicksoops.com dot scom
0: Nice. So uh, so we're going to talk about marriage and family, and that's a, that's a pretty big topic in general. And there are lots of ways in which this gets depicted in comics. Uh, I think we've probably been thinking, at least collectively, about how it shows up uh, in superhero comics, which is, of course, the, the most dominant genre. Um, but of course, you could, you could, you know. One of these days, I hope we do a show on romance comics and on certain other types of, of comics, and, and um, look at the depictions there as well. But you know, you guys, what are what are some of your favorite examples of marriage and family in comics over the years?
2: One of the characters that immediately came to my mind was um, Buddy Baker, the Animal Man. Um, And, um, one of the things that sort of distinguished him, especially beginning with, um, Grant Morrison's, uh, run, was Buddy Baker was very much a family man. He he was very much, like, the everyman, um, and, um, you know, he never really kept a secret identity, um, Animal Man was Buddy Baker, and Buddy Baker was Animal Man. There wasn't really a strong division between the two. Um, And and, and so his exploits as Animal Man kind of bleed into his family life, and his his family, for better or for worse, um, and mostly for worse, are are caught up into his his exploits as Animal Man. Um, He has a very supportive wife who who emerges from... um, the animal man comics is, is a pretty vivid character. Ellen Baker, who, um, is, is a mother, to their two children, um, Cliff and Maxine. She's also, uh, an artist. She does a lot of freelance work and she manages to, to juggle being a, a, mother and a wife with, with her, with her career. Um, and she's long suffering to Buddy Baker, um, who uh, it, you know before becoming a superhero was a stuntman. name um, so his, his you know he already had a very dangerous uh, profession but um, I mean gosh at one point the, the uh, mirror master terrorizes her in her own home and she fights him off um, in, in the in the uh, new 52 version, um, it's especially interesting because um, Buddy Baker is actually the guardian of his daughter, who is the avatar for the Red, um, the Red, which is this kind of um, element universe. And his daughter is actually far more powerful than he is, and 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 um, and um, becomes the target of. Um, the evil forces in the world, the Rod. And uh, his whole family is on the run as he's being chased by these very frightening creatures. Um, but we also get to see Buddy Baker's tumultuous relationship with his mother-in-law, who uh, who never really thought very highly of Buddy and doesn't appreciate uh, him putting her, her, her family into constant jeopardy. Um, also, Buddy and Evelyn's relationship sort of um, survives the inevitable tension that comes uh, from from um, trying to juggle family life and being a superhero. Um, Buddy Baker's off saving the world with like the Justice League and and uh, and fighting alongside other women, superhero women, most notably Starfire, um, who they always have this kind of um, flirtation that that kind of threatens his stable family life in a lot of ways, and in in the um in in the book, the last days of Animal Man, um, we even see them. Um, you know, Buddy Baker shares a a, a a moment of intimacy, a kiss with with Starfire, and immediately regrets it. You know, when his when his he's losing his powers and his 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 relationship with his wife is sort of on the rocks, um, and this sort of um, is a catalyst for him, you know, taking taking his marriage and his family a lot more seriously after you know making that mistake. Um, so I, I, I always kind of admired the way that Animal Man um, uh, focuses on 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 the family of Buddy Baker a lot. Um, so. He's definitely one of my favorite family-man characters, and, and one that, that's often overlooked.
1: I would say I probably have two that are, are about tied. Um, of course, my top one would be uh, Peter Parker and Mary Jane Watson, and uh, and I think running a very close second would be Superman and Lois Lane, but I'm going to hand Superman and Lois Lane off to Father Nico, He can talk about those two. I'll talk about Spider Man and Peter Parker, or um, about Peter Parker
0: and Mary Jane. (laughs) Spider Man Um, and Peter Parker, one of the most amazing marriages in class. Yeah, I know, right? I know. (laughs) Who who would have seen that coming? Um,
1: Yeah, you know, I think that the relationship between Peter Parker and Mary Jane Watson is um, very reflective of what we talk about marriage as being in the Christian church when we talk about it as uh, being a reconciliation of opposites, you know, Christ and the church and human marriage kind of being a reflection of that reconciliation of opposites. Um, I think in some ways you can't get more opposite than Peter Parker, nerdy Peter Parker, who's, um, you know, presented at least in the 1980s as they're moving up towards their time of marriage as a bit of a slob, can't take care of himself, he's the bachelor extraordinaire, and then you've got Mary Jane Watson, who, um, you know, is a supermodel, and, you uh, Seems to have her life a bit more together um, than he does, so they that creates a very interesting dynamic when they first get married in 1987, and um, and they you know they have a very interesting marriage over the course of their time together before they're broken up in 2008 with the brand new day storyline, which um, I still struggle with very much. I don't cry, and I will say a tear came to my eye when I read. That uh, one more day storyline that day. I still remember sitting in my apartment in seminary reading that and uh, feeling like a death happened um, because, you know, they were together for a long time. And and, um, I'm deeply invested in Spider Man, so uh, of course that was quite moving. But I think that, um, you know, they've had a, a very interesting history together times apart, times together. Um, I, one thing I'm very happy for is that Marvel Comics has decided to at least re explore the idea of the two of them being married after the Brand New Day thing with um, the Renew Your Vow comics. Um, you know, they brought it's almost a what if storyline. If the um, two of them had remained together and had a daughter, what would life look like for them now? And um, and I think it presents some interesting possibilities in which. Mary Jane goes on to get a little bit of Peter Parker's powers and becomes, um, a superhero herself, and then they become the spider family with their daughter having spider powers as well. Um, so, yeah, I think I hold those two up as, um, as a very fun marriage in comic books.
2: Have you read, um, the Spider-Girl series that came out uh, years ago where, um, it was a similar sort of imagining uh, their life together later. Yeah. And they have a the daughter, May Parker, who follows in her father's footsteps. And yeah. you get to see Peter Parker and Mary Jane as an older couple.
1: As an older couple that's a little less superhero-centric, you know? Yeah. That's, I kind of enjoyed that one a little bit more on a certain level, because I think that depicted them as a very real married couple, even though he's still got his powers. Um, you know, they, they've now become the parents of... So
0: superhero father kyle I, I i wonder if you could say uh, and i want to give father nico a chance to jump in here too but um i wonder if you could say a little bit more about that phrase you used before reckon what is it a reconciliation of opposites reconciliation of opposites that's interesting i've not heard that i've not heard mary's described that way before um mm-hmm. so what what can you say a, a little bit about what that means
1: yeah well we talk about um you know, marriage between a man and a woman being a reflection of the union of Christ and His Church. That's in the uh, Episcopal marriage service, right at the very beginning. Um, and you know, the idea behind it is that uh, Christ and His Church are not the same thing. We are not Christ, and uh, Christ, uh, Christ is not us. Um, so when the when we see marriage as a reflection of The union of Christ and his church which is the marriage par excellence that will be consummated at the end of the age Um, you know we see the relationship between a husband and wife as being a similar kind of reconciliation of opposites so a man is not a woman the two are different but the the two complement and complete each other Um, so they're opposites that are reconciled brought together uh, to make a whole Um, and that's what in the Christian church we refer to as a one flesh union so that's kind of the idea that exists there and in some ways some marriages are very much opposites right um the husband is not like the wife and the wife is not like the husband and they both have characteristics and qualities that um, complement each other um that are opposite each other but kind of complete and uphold each other like um you know, my wife is a lot more organized and a lot more social than I ever am or will be, and um, she fills up that bit that's lacking in me, whereas I'm a lot more laid back and um, versus her kind of controlling, organized nature, and I hope that I kind of bring a little bit more calmness to her existence by my presence, so that's
0: I- Careful how you describe your wife on a podcast that she very well could hear at some
1: point. Oh, she'll hear it. I'll tell her about it anyway when I'm done in the morning.
0: Okay. <laughs> Father Nico, what, what, do, what do you got? I think in general in pop culture, um, you know, whenever
2: you have TV shows or movies or novels or even comic books
3: that touch on the subject of getting together, touch on the subject of dating and and eventually marriage, you know, too often, I think, perhaps in, in, in an effort in the entertainment industry to be different from everybody else, I think too often they kind of gloss over um, good examples of a husband and wife. Often you'll have a lot of conflict in a marriage, which is which is true, of course, of, of any marriage, right? I mean, you know, nobody's perfect. Um, and we all have that struggle, and that's part of what helps lead us to perfection. Christ, I love I love what Father, Father Kyle said about the reconciliation of opposites. since I hadn't heard that before either. But, you know, too often I think we, you know, in, in, in all this stuff that we entertain ourselves with, you know, the husband and wife, the, the, the kind of standard, quote-unquote, boring marriage, um, isn't really talked about, or at least it is not depicted, at least from, from what I've seen in the, the kind of shows and books that I follow, um, isn't talked about enough. I mean, you have, let's say, a show like Modern Family, right, which obviously is a farce. And it's not meant to be taken seriously but you know there are kind of some messages in there about just kind of snapshots if you will of different kinds of couples that you know for better or worse exist in, in our country today right the one couple which is perhaps the most like buffoonish is is the husband and wife one and, and it always drives me crazy i forget the actress name but he's a good actor he's, been, he's done drama stuff too but the one opportunity that show had to maybe send uh, a positive message or a good one, like, hey, you know what? It's it's not so you know boring or, or old fashioned to be you know husband and wife in a marriage. Um, it only totally dropped the ball. with. And again, it's funny. It's not meant to be taken as a you know life lesson per se. But anyway, so whenever it is done well, I find it very refreshing. And so that's why my vote. This is a very long winded way of leading into Superman and Lois Lane. Um, thanks for thanks for leaving me that that low hanging fruit there, Father Kyle. Hey, you're welcome. <laughs> Thank you. That's, that's an alley-oop to a slam dunk. But, um, but yeah, no, I mean, if there's one character that absolutely should have a quote-unquote kind of old-fashioned or boring family life, it has to be Superman, right? I mean, um, it's not going to be somebody like Batman. It may not even be somebody like Spider-Man, even though I loved that marriage when it existed. But, again, there's another example. It's like, it's too boring. It's too... Status quo. It's too. It's not good for new readers. So we have to break them up. There's not enough romantic tension. There's not enough whatever. So, comment and Jane have been married for a long time. Um, they officially got married, I want to say, in 1996 or seven. Um, the book I remember had to wait for Lois and Clark, uh, the New Adventures of Superman, um, to have their wedding episode, which I recently saw for the first time and it was absolutely terrible. Don't don't even bother with the last season of Lewis and Clark, FYI. Oh yeah, I remember.
2: That.
3: <laughs> yes. <laughs> it started it started off great, but man, it yeah. got worse and worse. Just it was it was a slow <laughs> it was a slow moving train. Uh, when DC did this new shakeup of the comics in 2016, um, which for us is often known as DC Rebirth, um, I I think the Superman books since DC Rebirth have been absolutely fantastic. Um, they have. There was a brief period of time where DC, like Marvel, wanted to break up Superman and Lois Lane just to kind of provide for more whatever story opportunities, even though everybody hated New 52 Superman. Um, but they went back to the, the formula that had been working, at, in, to their credit, and they went back to 2016 to not only having them married again, but now they have a son named Jonathan, who of course is named after Clark Kent's late father in the comics, you know, Jonathan Kent. Um, the book has
0: I been thought they were absolutely- named him after Deacon Jonathan. Oh. Thought they named him after me. <laughs> You're breaking my heart here. I'm sure. I'm sure Dan Jurgens had that in mind as well. Absolutely. <laughs>
3: but no, I mean, I don't know if you guys have read either DC uh, Newf- Excuse me, uh, DC River of Superman or DC River of Action Comics. I think both have been stellar. I think. I think Action Comics in particular. I think. I think the, the main Superman book uh, gets more love, but I think Action Comics has been. Just fantastic. Oh, I All mean, right. Yeah, I'm
2: sorry. Yeah, go ahead. No, 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 no. I, I, I agree totally, and and I I, I love the um I, I love the interplay between Clark and and his son Jonathan because it's funny, you know, because every every boy or you know many boys think that their dad uh, Superman, you know, and and Jonathan's father <laughs> really is Superman, <laughs> and, and so it it it, it, it it's I, I, you know, I love the way that that Jonathan looks up to him. You know, it's, it's sobering because, you know, I, I have a little boy and, you know, he wants to do everything that I do. He wants to be exactly like I am, which, you know, God help <laughs> But, you know, um, it, it, it's You said it I didn't. You said it first. <laughs> <laughs> it's heartwarming. And, and I really love the, the latest... Uh, Superman stories for that reason. I mean, it's it sort of, you know, um, we, we see a great picture of fatherhood and a great picture of, of of Superman as a husband as well. I agree. And, you know, the other thing that often gets uh,
3: glossed over a little bit is that, you know, here we have Lois Lane, who for the last literally, literally 80 years as a character as of this year, um, has always been a go-getter, career-oriented woman, um, uh, you know, always... You know, wants the next story wants the next Pulitzer Prize or, or whatever um, and it's 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 done so tastefully I mean their marriage that her being now in the home a little more often with a son granted I'm not going to give anything away but there's reasons for that they were they were at one point hiding their identity but after they no longer needed to hide their identity as a family um, when the story kind of opened up in that way um, you know it's she goes back to being a career-oriented woman and it's not stifling to the woman Um, it is not stifling to the man it's not stifling to the child at least you know from what we see Uh, I mean it's only been two years so there's probably more room for stories there but I think it's just a great example of you know I mean Superman has always been a role model that's one of the things that has appealed to me over the years and especially now later in my life I mean I'm only 36 but now as of this year I've been married 10 years I've been ordained um you know, almost 10 years now. At the end of the year, it'll be 10 years since my tiakin ordination. Um, you know, we have kids now. Our our oldest son just turned three two days ago, uh, at the time of this recording. So um, for me, it hits on all levels and just continues my uh, love for the character of Superman, the character of Lois Lane, and now the character of Jonathan. I think it's a great book. I think it's a wonderful example of marriage. I honestly, you know, I don't think it's boring at all. I think it's really exciting and fun.
2: Um, I recommend it to anybody, and I and I wish that more books would do stuff like that. Mm. Yeah, it's great to see you know like these characters that you grew up with. You know, one of the Absolutely. things that I always loved about Spider-Man um, was that the you could, you could see his life unfold. I exactly, mean, it's exactly, slow motion. I mean, he was in college like all through the late sixties and seventies and early eighties. But but I mean, you know, he, they. they Hit these milestones, and you know, as the readership of comic books, you know, the typical comic book reader is like thirties and forties. You know, um, yeah. they're, and and they're 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 men with family. Um, you know, and and, and uh, it, it's only natural that um, you know the 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 focus should shift in this direction, and that comic books should deal more with family life and. and with marriage. I I think that that's just a realistic
3: given the readership. But that's the thing though, is that, you know, I I feel like other than some isolated spots, it's not being focused on enough. And yeah, I I definitely do say that selfishly because my target audience is what you just described, Father Matt. But, you know, I just feel that I don't know, maybe I'm getting too preachy here, but I just feel that often people in the entertainment industry don't realize that whether they like it or not, they are being looked to as examples in role well, same thing with sports, you know, um, athletes and things like this, I mean, kids and young adults that are reading them. You know, I mean, there is an opportunity there, I think, to, to, to provide a good message. Um, and I think, you know, that um, given the statistics about marriage and divorce rates and you know, more and more kids growing up in homes that are either broken or with you know, all kinds of different problems that families face, as drugs, you know, um, psychological issues, things like this. Um, things that, and maybe this is a good segue, uh, not to dominate the conversation, but um, the things that the Church provides as prescriptions, which is a word that we use in, in Orthodox tradition quite a bit, is, is prescription. Um, not not rules, not not even like, you know, uh, absolutes or, or, or even um, restrictions and things like this. They are prescriptions. I mean, the things that, that we are given, hopefully, to have that healthy and happy, life and life as individuals as well. Um, you know, I think that you know, it's it just um, I, I want to see more of it again, I'm totally partial when it comes to this but I, I do want to see more of it. You know, I wish that there were kind of stable healthy marriages um, with, with kind of upstanding with, 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 especially with strong dads because that's one that even when there is, like, I mean again we think of the sitcoms usually have like the the, the family life or the nuclear family or whatever Um the dad is always the buffoon. The dad is always the one who's being a goofball and 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 blowing it. And, and the mom is the is the one that's keeping the family together. True as that may be, you know, sociology actually tells us that you know when it comes to when it comes to religion, anyway. Um, but even other areas, I mean, it is what the dad does that determines what the kids continue doing, you know, throughout their life. Um, it, you know, the, I just said this from the pulpit yesterday in my, in my sermon. Um, four out of every five. people Prison, grew up in a fatherless home, mm-hmm. and and so I, I love when I see opportunities like like Superman, you know, being the role model and example again for some boring character, um, too old-fashioned, whatever. I ended it up with a spoon. has, you know when he, when he when there's stories about him being a good dad and a good husband, you know I just I just love it, and I and I and I I love that some at least some books have gone. There.
0: I, I can I can think of a couple of examples of, of other sort of interesting uh, family situations and how they relate to a little bit to what you're saying I mean I think one of the difficulties that we run into with comics um, as with just about any other type of pop culture thing in um, in America today is um, you know if we're looking for, uh, something to that's going to present a, a kind of Christian worldview of family. We're going to be looking for a long time, <laughs> right? Because that's not you know that's generally not the worldview of the creators of this stuff. Um, be that as it may, it is interesting to me the ways in which marriage and family uh, express themselves even when they are, being presented in a way that is intentionally meant to subvert the paradigm of traditional marriage. Um, two examples come to mind for me, both of which are, are books that uh, that I've mentioned, that we've mentioned on the show before, and one that i mentioned perennially, but I just keep coming back to it because it's such a good book. Uh, Saga is... Yeah is yeah. such an amazing book and really about it is, you know, it's a space opera, Juliet, you know, Romeo and Juliet in space to a certain degree, but it's, you know, if you pull all that stuff away, it's basically a book about figuring out how to be married and figuring out how to have a, have a child. And Brian K Vaughn, when he, when he talks about this book, says the reason he started writing it in the first place was because he got married and he had his first kid and he was trying to figure out what that meant. And so you have, you know, um, the kid kind of, you know, being a kid and saying weird things and throwing up in the middle of the night and (laughs) all of the stuff that you kind of have to learn to deal with that's not terribly romantic or sexy, which is usually what we expect out of relationships. Um, but there's also a big element of it that that's about just, you know, how do we figure out how to be married? You know, what does that mean? Um, and so it's, it's, it's an interesting book to track with for that reason. Um, but the other one that, that kind of just popped into my head just now um, is the most recent Spider-Woman series, uh, the last... I don't know, 10, 15 issues of that, um, Jessica, uh, you know, Spider Woman, Jessica Drew, yeah, um, became pregnant and had a kid. It's not, now, you know, we might look at that as, as Christians and especially as sort of more traditional Christians and go, okay, there's some stuff there that's problematic, right? I mean, she decides she's going to have a kid, you know, without a father there. Um, but what I think is interesting about the book, if you can kind of put that to the side for a moment, first of all, it does actually depict what parenting looks like and what motherhood looks like in a fairly realistic way for a superhero book. Uh, I mean, you know, her picking stuff up off the floor and trying to remember what she was doing 15 minutes ago and, um, you know loving this little person more than she could have possibly imagined loving any other human being in the world and yet being so utterly frustrated. <laughs> you I, think know?
3: It's appropriate that the, I think it's appropriate that the last name of the writer of that series is Hopeless.
0: Yes. <laughs> well, there's that too. But you know what's interesting about it, and I don't want do, to spoil it too much because I really do think it's a great book, Um, so, you know, here's this, this book that's supposed to be about how, you know, families, I guess, come in all shapes and sizes and, you know, here's a single mother and we can do it all on our own and so forth. And yet what ends up happening over the course of this story is she grows more and more attached to the porcupine, this guy who's, you know, come, come into her life and he ends up doing a lot of the childcare stuff and. And, and they sort of form a partnership, which eventually becomes a bond. And there's there's a sort of family that emerges from it. And so there's, the, you know, I looked at that and went, here was an effort to say, you know, we don't really need dad. And where did the story end up? It ended up with a dad shows up anyway. <laughs> you know, it's like you, you can kind of push some of these things um, to the rear or to the periphery. Uh, but at some point, you know, real life intervenes and the story becomes less ideological. Uh, one of the things that I was going to ask about is, you know, whether or not there are any themes that present themselves, in, particularly in superhero comics, as far as how uh, marriage and family is, is shown. And I think, I think we've talked about this a little bit, but one thing that, that I notice uh, and I'm sure you all have too, is over the, the long history of comics and other comic media, is marriage is often shown as um, a, a burden upon the vocation of the superhero, right? Sure. It is a thing that interferes with his ability, and I it very often is the male heroes for whom this is true, but... Um, you know, uh, although I suppose they could do this with the female heroes too, but it, you know, it's like this is the thing that if I if I do this, if I have this, I can't be the kind of hero I need to be because I won't be able to. You know, if I'm with you, I can't help the world. Um, I can't save everybody if I'm worried that you might be put at risk, right? And so I wonder what you all think about that because it presents these sort of dueling vocations. Um, And I think personally that everybody kind of has some version of dueling vocations, right? I mean, you know, here we have four guys who are in, in ministry who are married. So that, you know, we know something about the challenge of balancing vocations but I think, you know, whether you're in ministry or you have some other kind of um, uh, vocation that you're involved in besides just your family life, there's always that kind of challenge about how do we sacrifice for the one and sacrifice for the other. What do you guys All think?
1: Right. I, think I, I think you're accurate. Um, it's funny, but I think that's the story of Spider-Man, that, um, you know, part of the ups and downs that Peter Parker and Mary Jane had throughout their time together was always centered on that issue. Um, you know, the, the, uh, he was worried about her safety, and um, and then there was the issue of how much time he would abruptly leave in the middle of something that was family-oriented and go off to be Spider-Man. And, um, and I think what frustrated me in that storyline is they always lent themselves in the direction of, well, given all these challenges, maybe it's better if we just break up which is very typical of our culture today in a lot of ways, right? If the going gets rough, then then you just leave, you go, um, rather than put up with those difficulties. But I think you're right in saying that's part and parcel of, of every marriage. Um, I was Oddly enough, we were my wife and I were at a graduation party, high school graduation party, this past weekend, and I got a pastoral phone call in the middle of it. And I was sitting outside on the front porch of this house answering the pastoral phone call thinking to myself, I feel like a superhero. (laughs) I keep keep getting these emergency calls and I have to drop everything and, you know, walk off and deal with it. Um, But it's, I I think no matter, you know, what your vocation is in life, you encounter these things as a married couple. And part of it is learning to work through those times together and um, communication goes a long
2: way in that. You know, one of the most striking examples of that in comic books is, um, you know, here you have a, 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 a group, the Fantastic Four, where the um, the husband and wife are a team together in, in their, but uh, Reed Richards is so consumed with his scientific like vocation that um, you know Sue Richards is aptly named the Invisible. <laughs> um, you know, she uh she's ignored. And she and, and I, I know the book has often explored her loneliness. Um and even her um, you know, fantasies about being with Namor, the submariner, you know, who 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 dotes on her with with praise, you know, why her husband is you know, he can't see her. He's he's too busy with with his, his work. Um, but, I mean, there's also this additional um, dimension with superheroes um, because they're putting their lives in danger. And it's one thing to put your life in danger and to ask somebody else to be a part of that. And still another thing to bring children into that. Uh, one of the early examples of marriage in comics was Aquaman and, and Mera. And tragically... Um, Aquaman's son is killed by Black Manta. I mean, and, and, and kind of a surprisingly dark story for um, an early, um, you know, an older Aquaman comic book. Um, but, you know, that's real. If you're going to go out there and, and put yourself on the line, you know, your, your family's going to be attacked. Uh, your children are going to be vulnerable.
0: Well, and this is the sort of decision, right, that people make when they become police officers or when they, uh, you know, have a career in the military um, or some other kind of, you know, related sort of field, like, you know, how, how do we balance that when any day you walk out the door, um, you know, could be your last? Um, and I, I don't think that it's necessarily wrong for them to explore the idea that there are times when a person might choose to say, because I am called to this vocation over here, whatever it happens to be, I can't take up this other vocation of marriage, right? Um, You know, uh, obviously, I mean, as a Catholic, we have a long tradition of of, uh, priests who are celibate. Um, But, I mean, I think, you know, we could see that with like the monastic calling right for instance um, is a calling that that puts uh, you know that says you can't do both of these things at once um, and now having said that I think my problem with it is not so much that they've explored that idea as it is that they've never really explored much of the counter idea <laughs> um, that yeah. you know whenever that inevitably well, Right. Inevitably, whenever that crisis, sort of the two things run up against each other, it always breaks for, well, we can't have the, the you know, married life. Um, and, uh, you know, I think it is interesting, you know, the Fantastic Four is a great example. I mean, that's, I, as far as I can imagine, that is probably the longest running marriage in comics, right? <laughs> you know, and a story that was really invented for that purpose to explore what does family look like there there's a lot of fertile ground there to say you know what are there times when these vocations are competing with each other yes maybe how do we figure out how to balance you know sometimes the answer may be we don't enter into more than one at a time but sometimes the answer may be we have been given both what do we do with them how do we make them balance because here we are we've been given both
3: I think every writer in, in general I mean they even said this their job is to create conflict and tension within their characters in order to create a story because that's interesting it's not it's not interesting if there's no conflict or no challenge at all, it's just a slice of life I mean Chris Claremont can get away with that with an X-Men issue uh, just sitting around and just talking about life and stuff but nine times out of ten it's not going to work that way which is why writers create these kinds of you know, scenarios, which I'm I'm fine with. And earlier, when I mentioned, let me just clarify. Um, I I didn't mean to. Uh, I mean, I didn't mean my comments. I hope my comments didn't sound like I have a problem with you know showing other scenarios because I do think they're interesting. Like I, like Father Jonathan, I, I did read that you know the Spider Woman, at least the first trade uh, that came out, and I thought it was a great story. You know, trying to depict a single mother. Granted, in this case, she's a superhero, but there's lots of single mothers out there have jobs and they have to balance them it's very difficult
0: i was just going to say and they're all superheroes right yeah i should have said that you guys you guys let me right into that which
3: is perfect so um they are superheroes absolutely and i and i think that's i think that's great um i i there's reality nowadays it's not always perfect i totally get that and that's why sometimes also the superhero with his family or her family
0: Gentlemen, we have just barely started to scratch the surface, I think, of this topic, and yet we are already. Maybe we should have a part two. I think we definitely will day. have to have a part two of this because there's so much more that could be said about it. Uh, and, you know, I bet you a lot of our listeners have a lot that they'd like to say about it, too. So I hope that you all will, will join the conversation with us. Hit us up on social media, won't you? Uh, you can tweet at us at God and Comics on Twitter. Uh, And you can also hit us up on Facebook, facebook.com slash godandcomics. But for now, we're going to move on to our final segment, this and every time out, This or That. This or That.
2: This or That. Come on, everybody, let's this or that.
0: Huh? Father Kyle, I'm going to start with you. This is a tough one. Lois Lane or Mary Jane Watson.
1: (laughs) Ha ha. I'm just gonna have to go with Mary Jane Watson only because I've had a much longer relationship with her than I had with Lois Lane. So
0: <laughs> Okay. It's a it's a fair response. It is unfortunately incorrect, so you lose forty seven points. Oh unfortunately.
3: Oh. Yeah. Being married to a supermodel is an incorrect response. <laughs>
0: Uh and uh weirdly enough Father Nico just picked up those forty seven points. Just that you just lost. It's amazing.
3: Well I would I would like I I would like to think that uh, my wife is a supermodel to me also, so oh, I feel okay. like I am married a
0: supermodel. Very good working that in there. That's and good. he got another forty seven points for that. Well, <laughs> from from my wife. His, his wife can give give him points for that one, yeah. Um Okay, Father Nico, this one is for you. Uh, you know, whenever we have the, the Orthodox guy on, i got to get my Orthodox questions in. So, uh, Metropolitan Callistos Ware or Metropolitan Hilarion Alfea? Definitely Metropolitan Callistos Ware. I think Metropolitan Callistos, when I said this to him, I think
3: that he's the preeminent Orthodox theologian of the 20th, 20th century. Um, and twenty-first, not too. I think that he's written a lot of wonderful things. Um, I think that he's got, you know, for those that are, shall we say, theologically inclined to read that kind of, um, you know, a little denser material. I think that he's absolutely fantastic uh, and a really great window into our church. So I, I, I'm gonna have to go
0: with him. Well, it's a, it's a good choice. They're they I think I like both of those guys to tell you the truth. But uh, Metropolitan Callistos has the most amazing English. Speaking voice of just about any human being, it's literally like listening to Dumbledore or you know something like that. And he, I could listen to that man read the phone book. It's just wonderful. Absolutely.
2: And uh, very fair as well, I, I will say he's not
3: he's not hard lined on, on hardly anything, and I think it's it's a wonderful starting point, um, especially since he's also a fan of dialogue with other churches, which is in a very, very well kind of
0: our corner of the world kind of way, kind of what we're doing on this podcast, isn't it? Absolutely. Uh, his, I, I recommend uh, his book, The Orthodox Way, is a really great Excellent. sort of spiritual uh, yeah. insight kind of a book. Anyhow, uh, enough of me geeking out about that. Okay. Um, Father Matt, very similar question for you. Antibiotics or milk? <laughs> um, well... Um... I'm going to have to go with milk, because you could put milk in cereal. Father Kyle, humility or virility? (laughs) (laughs) I
1: will say humility. I'll go with humility. It's what I'm most lacking.
0: You see this beard, I'm very virile. That's true, yeah. Um, Listeners can't appreciate this as much, but Father Kyle's beard is beyond epic. I mean, there is uh, at this point, I think about 15 partridges living in there, and when I say partridge, I mean members of the partridge family. I don't mean birds. <laughs> I mean, Danny Bottaducci is living in Father Kyle's beard at this point. That's right.
3: A, he is approaching Orthodox priest
0: level with that beard. <laughs> yeah. he, is, he, he is... a approaching orthodox rabbi level with that beard.
1: <laughs> I mean, I've gotten that before. When I wear my black fedora and I have all black clairs of a
2: fedora,
1: yeah. I've had people tell me, you you look Jewish.
0: i sure. And then you reply, well, my boss is Jewish. That's right. Yeah. Oh, well,
1: there
0: you go. That's right. Okay. Uh, Father Nico, it's time to make a very important decision. Coffee or... Comics. Oh man!
3: <laughs> well, one wakes me up in the morning. One keeps me awake at night. <laughs> uh. Comics. How can I? How can I not have comics in my life?
0: Father Matt. Memento Mori, or Memento Movie?
2: Memento the movie. That was a pretty cool movie. I've seen it once. Um, Christopher but, yeah, yeah, That's yeah, great yeah. It, it 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 was. Um, but um, you know, in, in, in a way, um, what what made uh, Memento more uh, a the movie, sorry, uh, so great was um, how it how it reminded us of you know how fleeting um, our existence can be um and uh, so you know in that way it it, 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 it is momentum worry it's a reminder of, uh, of mortality uh, so um, which is always important you know to remember that uh, we are dust we shall return and and that you know we, we all will need to give account for what's done in the body so I'm gonna have to go with momentum worry
0: that is a that is a perfect answer and so i'm going to give you seven points which may not <laughs> it may not seem like much but considering but that seven, seven is perfect is, number yeah, there you go so also
2: a great movie
0: seven. <laughs> <laughs> wow we've referenced seven the movie twice this season on the podcast that is did, yeah. that is remarkable <laughs> father kyle uh Oak trees or palm trees?
1: I'm going to go with palm trees because I would much rather be in a sunny, warm climate um, and not suffer from the moldy allergies of oak leaves.
0: (laughs) All right. Well, Father Nico, I don't know if you saw this, but uh, it was announced via Instagram a couple of days ago that they have uh, greenlit Back to the Future 4. No, and they're, they're bringing, you know, Michael J. Fox and Leah Thompson and Christopher Lloyd in to try and, and film this, which will either be the most amazing thing ever or something that will just completely ruin our childhoods altogether. <laughs> um, probably the latter. Probably the latter. Which got me thinking, which 80s movie franchise sequel would we most like to see? So that's really the question here, is is this or that. Which 80s, not yet made, movie, franchise, sequel would you prefer? Police Academy 9, or... Honey, I Shrunk the Cable Bill. <laughs> you know
2: what, Police Academy...
3: The last five were so brutally bad that anything regarding something even as mundane as the cable bill, I'm sure, will be better. Honey, I shrunk the cable bill.
0: Okay, and that brings us to uh, our our last one here is for Father Matt. Uh, Father Matt, I know you're not generally a fan of vegetables, okay? But my question for you is passion fruit or compassion vegetable? Uh, well,
2: given that I have no idea what a compassion vegetable is, and passion fruit can be rather um, tasty, I'm going to go with passion
0: fruit. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, that is the incorrect answer. You just—you were presented with a virtue or a passion, and you went with the passion, which was not the right choice. Uh, so I'm going to give you... Uh, six points. It's, six what, it's points.
2: what I usually
0: do. <laughs> I will give you six points. Um, so that means our, our grand total is I think Father Matt has something like 13 points. Uh, Father Nico, I'm not sure exactly. We'll, we'll round up. We'll say it's uh, 850 points. I, I really don't oh, come know. come on. I thought I had 1,000 at least. Uh, okay, fine. a 1,000 points. Uh, Father Kyle, I think, has no points at all. Uh and uh, somehow Father Kyle won this evening's game. I'm not sure how, uh, but I think his beard cheated. I think that's how that... Yeah. Well, uh, Father Nico, it's been really wonderful having you back on the program. Anything else you want to plug or anything you want to say before uh, we sign out uh, tonight? Just God
3: bless each of you in your ministries, and thanks for having me again. It was a lot of fun.
0: Okay, great. Okay, well, uh, sit there uncomfortably for a second while I wrap up, uh, wrap up the show here. Uh, you can find out more about the rad stuff we talked about today by going to our website at godandcomics.com. And while you're there, you can give the show another listen. God and Comics is subscribable through iTunes. And we ask you to go to iTunes and give us a rating or a review, please. It it helps other people to find the show. Great thing to do uh, over the next couple of months while you're you're waiting during the hiatus before season five. Uh, If you think of us, go on and give us a good rating on there. That'll really help us out. Our theme music, which you are hopefully banging your head to right this minute, is by Father Paul Wheatley whose favorite song is We Are Family by Sister Sledge, though he swears that you haven't really experienced the song until you've heard it in the original German. (laughs) Until next time, I am Deacon Jonathan Mitchkin. I'm Father Kyle Tomlin. I'm Father Matt Traumberg. And we'll see ya.